0: Welcome to Human Leadership, a podcast full of science-backed and practical knowledge and insight, designed to help anyone who leads people unleash the human talent we need for the next era of work. I'm Suzanne Jacobs, an organisational behaviour and performance expert, who's worked as part of senior leadership teams for over 30 years and conducted more than a decade of research into the neurobiological drivers of intrinsic motivation and trust. In each episode of Human Leadership, I'll take you through what you'll need to make your workplace human fit. And to help me along the way, I have roped in my sister, Chloe, a brilliant educationalist, who also knows just a thing or two about leadership. And together, we'll guide you through everything you need to know to become a better human leader. In this episode, we're going to talk about connection, and we'll look at the truth about conversation, what's really going on when we connect, how you boost your wellbeing every time you connect, and how we can create healthy, connected systems.
1: Hi Suzanne. How are you? I'm I'm very excited. Oh, tell me more, please. Oh, it's it's so ridiculous, but when you have the issues I do trying to get trousers long enough, you get very excited when you find a company that actually do it. And today, they have arrived just before we started this podcast. Some new jeans that are the right length of me at my 36 inside leg, and I cannot wait to try them on. <laughs>
0: so sad (laughs) no it's not sad at all no you're uh you have uh long legs and it's uh, i know it's tough stuff trying to find So i'm I'm, yeah definitely pleased for you yeah they've come all the way from the
1: netherlands i think i should just go shopping over there really (laughs) yeah yeah now this episode is all about connection you often say that we cannot not communicate feels a bit of a tongue twister But I know that when we connect to others, it's so much more than the words we say. What is the truth about conversation?
0: Oh, gosh, I know. I love that we cannot not communicate. Um, The thing is, our words, our verbal communication came so much later than our ability to communicate, to be able to convey messages about our environment, possible dangers, um, non-verbally. And, and most of our communication is still transmitted through nonverbal cues so things like body language facial expression you know so on and so on i mean i remember um having a, a full conversation on an underground train with a lady who sat opposite me, me and neither of us uttered a word she uh she got on the train sat opposite me and uh, a man got on and sat next to her and he Promptly fell asleep, and he fell onto her shoulder. And our entire conversation was was silent. But I was looking at her, going, "Oh," and she looked back at me, and and sort of this, "Oh no." And I was trying to empathise with her through, you know, body language and and facial expressions. Even sort of, can you push him off to one side? And she said she tried, and she couldn't do it. That, I mean, absolutely every word. I could understand, but she said nothing. So it's incredibly powerful how we can tell the real story, the real message we want to convey by not saying anything. And in fact, just another thing that really interesting research back in the early 90s, uh, Dr. John Gottman conducted study of couples Um, And he was able to predict which couples would eventually divorce with a 93.6% accuracy. And a major part of his research and predictions, he used a technique involving the examination of what he called micro-expressions. Now, micro-expressions are tiny, fleeting expressions and forms of body language that can convey emotions such as surprise or disgust or contempt. And micro-expressions express the seven universal emotions. So in other words, every human has these. So disgust, anger, fear, sadness, happiness, contempt, and surprise. And micro-expressions, we can't control them. They they just happen because they're part of our involuntary emotional response. We can put on, you know, put the mask on if you like, of a different expression, but those micro expressions will already have made their mark. They would already have sort of swan across our our face. Because, as I said, you know, so much can be said without even uttering a word. And it's really fascinating to me, and I think it's a really big challenge that we're facing now because we're relying so much on digital communication through social media, um, email, um, you know, uh, virtual meetings. But the trouble is because these channels remove so many of the what's called the social cues, all these non-verbal cues, that we need to be able to make sense of what's being what's actually being communicated it massively increases the gap for, or the potential, if you like, for misunderstanding between that which is intended and that which we receive. So don't get me wrong, it's not that these instruments, these digital forms of communication are bad, quite the contrary, actually. I mean, they're incredibly helpful in enabling us to do our work and to connect with others. It's it's more about how we're using them that's causing the problems. So, we're often finding that instead of us controlling these digital forms of connection, they're controlling us, um, you know, particularly around social media. And it's got a lot to do with things like our um, the call, if you like, of short term gratification, our novelty and addictive circuits, fear of missing out and, and, and so on. It sort of drives us to connect in these forms. But The the key here and the most important message that I want to get over here is that the more emotion that we want to convey, but at the same time, we reduce the channel for them to be displayed, we widen the gap between that, so that transmission gap, and we create, uh, you know, almost a chasm where misunderstanding happens. Um, And it reminds me, there's a brilliant, Beautiful poem, actually, by um, by Thomas Gordon, that I've 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 used a lot, actually, and I'll, I'll say it here. But it's it's one to really get your head around. So it's really about what is it that we are really communicating? And he starts with between that which I think, that which I want to say, that which I think I said, that which I really say and that which you want to hear, that which you hear, that which you think you understand, that which you want to understand, and that which you actually understand. And I I mean, I, I love that. Once you've got your head around it, you can see how we, what we transmit isn't necessarily what's received. And Marshall Rosenberg's work um, he says that there's everything. Everything you do, everything you talk about in terms of communication has four parts to it. There's the the data. Now they're the, they're the irrefutable facts, and then there's your feelings, which is your emotional response to what's going on. Then there's your judgments. This goes back to your files. That's your opinion and your interpretation of the data, and then there's what you want or what you need. So.
1: It's is a minefield, really. Oh, absolutely. There, there's, there's so much that can actually go wrong with communication. It can be so hard. What's really going on when we connect? Oh, it's, it's
0: absolutely fascinating, sort of the, the, the brain-to-brain um, communication that, that happens. But actually, what I want to do is I'm, gonna, I'm just going to demonstrate something, actually. I I'm hope this is going to work on a podcast It's uh, probably a bit easier if we were face-to-face. But um, let me just ask you some questions. So how do you feel when you're being ignored?
1: Oh, irritated.
0: Yeah, irritated. So uh, threat circuits are on and the irritation starts fluttering around. Okay, so how about you're having a conversation with someone and they reach into their pockets, pull out their phone, and they start... You know, tapping on their phone. I don't know, doing whatever they, they're going to be doing, whilst theoretically still being in a
1: conversation with you. How do you feel now? Even more irritated and think they're quite rude, actually.
0: Yeah, exactly. So why am I bothering? Yeah, why am I bo- Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Why am I bothering? You know, what's this? What's this all about now? You know, I'm not even. I'm not even. You know, good enough for you to pretend to listen to me. You've actually got to get out your phone and you're looking at something else. So, okay, so imagine right now, okay, we're, we, are, we are obviously having a conversation, but I, I want you to tell me about the weather in a minute, but I want you to imagine me not listening to you, okay? So I've switched off to you. In fact, actually, I've turned away. I've just pulled up my Instagram or my emails. Um, I'm, I'm tapping away on my computer. Um, so imagine all that. Got that in your head?
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: Right. Tell right. me about the beautiful weather you're having down in Devon at the moment.
1: Oh, it's absolutely glorious. It's blue skies. There's some clouds in the in the sky that are threatening rain, but I I think it's going to hold off. And then there, yeah. Then there's um the pig that's just flown over as well. I don't even know why I'm carrying this on. Sorry, did you say a pig? Yeah. I. Yeah. Because I d- I had I had you looking at me and then looking at your phone and then answering the text or whatever you were doing on your phone in my head and it was yeah. like I can't even be bothered now. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was quite interesting. So I did want to try to you know do a bit of method acting here. So I, I did actually turn away from the mic, and it was it was it was pig <laughs> that pulled me back. Um, it is actually quite a good. There's a whole technique around being able to just sort of throwing in a completely left field statement that brings people's attention back again. But isn't it funny, you know, this looking at our phone or device, it, it it's sort of crept into almost into common behavior. And I've seen it happen so many times in meetings. And what this action actually does is it triggers the threat circuitry in those that are around us, particularly those that are speaking, because what it's doing, if we think about it through the lens of the drivers of trust, it undermines our relative positioning, position, or our or our significance and standing. It's it's as if our brain is basically telling us that we aren't valued in the eyes of the other person. I mean, you know, not even valued enough for them to give us eye contact, and it creates a really uncomfortable feeling. Um, not only. If you're the actual recipient of it, you know you're literally being the one that's being ignored. But also, actually, if you're just witnessing it, you know somebody in a conversation and one person's ignoring the other, it can still trigger that that threat circuitry, that sense of feeling uncomfortable. And actually, yeah, what happens? So, so what you were just saying? So, if in that situation, what happens to the conversation?
1: It, it just pieces out yeah Just, it, it then would have no impetus there's no drive to it
0: no exactly it it falters it can peter out and you're left with this sort of negative experience or negative interaction and and the other thing that happens is that the person who is doing something else perhaps you know looking at their social media device or whatever while the other person's speaking doesn't hear anything. Genuinely, we have to focus and concentrate in order to be able to absorb what other people are saying. That's why we need to be mindful when we're in conversations, because actually, we don't learn anything. I didn't hear anything, actually, until you said said the word pig. Um, So we really need to be aware of this. We need to understand that what communication actually is, is um, is creating a bridge between brains. It creates what's called a, a neural resonance. It's like a vibration, what I send and transmit to you and then what you pick up and interpret as what you receive. And part of how we pick that up and look at all those social cues and what that neural resonance is really happening here, and this is this is what empathy is all about, the, the, the sort of getting to know what the message is underneath what's being said. And a, a fundamental part to that are mirror neurons, which are a type of sensory motor cell that they're activated when you perform an action or if you simply observe the same action. And they're the they're fundamental not only to our seat of empathy, but also to our learning and our social behavior. And for me the role one of the primary roles of a leader is that of a connector and leaders really need a high degree of communication skill because we have to understand that in a leadership we're not we're not here to be in charge we're here to take care of those that are in our charge we need to understand and accept and to be able to look underneath behavior that we witness. You know, a really powerful question that I use a lot is when I see, you know, perhaps behavior, which could be signaling fear or, you know, like you were saying, irritation. For me, it's my role to be able to pick that up and to question before I react to it is to question, I wonder what's going on for that person. What lies beneath this, this is empathy. Um, do you know, we're all human. We all have performance issues. So how we react to these performance issues, how we react and create those conditions for connection is really, really important. Because, do you know, every action we take as leaders, every decision we make is a piece of communication because leaders are always on show. So we have to be really aware of how we show up and so much of that is a real understanding of how we communicate and how we can bridge the gap between brain to brain so that we have clear understanding.
1: So true. <laughs> Having made me irritated by ignoring me, um, it, it actually really shows a huge effect of how we connect and communicate. Um, so, does connecting with people have an impact on our well being? Oh,
0: massively, profoundly. We are social creatures, we long to belong. Inclusion through connection, as I've, as I've said before, and we go back again to those drivers of, of trust, inclusion is not a nice to have. It is an imperative for our survival and our thriving. Social connection is a fundamental human need. And the social capital that's built through strong, trusted connection in the workplace is literally the heartbeat of the system. And we know there's so much research out there, but just to give you an idea of how fundamental connection is and as a human need, connection improves physical health, it improves psychological well-being, and um, there's one study that showed, if we look at it and flip it up, a lack of social connection is actually a greater detriment to our health than obesity and smoking and blood pre- high blood pressure degree i know it is absolutely enormous we 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 need others to thrive um and then and then on the flip side if we have a strong social connection it leads to um one res- one research has shown that there's a 50% increased chance of longevity i mean that's that's massive to get your head around. Social connection, It is. I mean, a lot of this is because it strengthens our immune system. Um, it impacts our, our genes. Our, our um, It helps us recover from disease faster. Um, it, research has shown that people who feel more connected to others have lower rates of anxiety and depression. Uh, other studies have shown that People have higher self-esteem. They're more empathetic to others, more trusting and cooperative, and and ultimately, as, an, as a consequence, because you're more open and trusting, others are more trusting and cooperating with you. So it's this wonderful virtual circle because communication takes safe connection. When we're safe, when we trust. We can, ex- and when we experience positive emotions, we're you know just like we were saying before in that that example where I was ignoring you, but we're really able to hear and absorb information. You know, we're open to ideas, and our our egos don't need to raise their heads. Uh, and Barbara Fredrickson, um, a brilliant psychologist, she talks about micro moments, and she talks about this wonderful virtual connective spiral that we can have you know the more positive connections we have and experience the better we feel the more able we are to regulate our emotions which in turn increases our pro-social behavior and by doing so the more we attract others and and so on and so forth for more social connection and The more social connection we have, the better it is for our health. Because we, every time we connect, every time we have that positive interaction, the protective feel-good neurochemicals flow through our bodies. Fredrickson Fredrickson talks about this as a a, a, like a broadening of our horizon. It's literally brains are on, brains are open, and this pro-social behavior that it instills um, increases the number of connections and in fact she calls it her broaden and build
1: theory. So with everything you said so far in mind, how can we actually create healthy connections? There is so much and there is so much as
0: well that is really simple, completely free, needing absolutely no permission. It's a choice. Um, in the ebook that accompanies the p- podcast there are lists of, of tools and techniques but I just want to give you a, a few or a flavor of some of them here. So one of the things that's really important and this comes back to a sense of inclusion, a sense of being seen and heard and recognized is we need to get to know the colleague, not, not just the person who comes to work, the, the person underneath, behind the colleague. I, I always remember um, working with a senior leader in a, in a bank and she had many, many branches that she would visit. And she said, it's just impossible for me to remember everybody. You're, you're saying I've got to try and connect and get to know everybody, but how on earth can I do that? And actually, and she did this authentically and she did it through care. What she did is that she kept a notebook with her. And every time she went into a branch and she'd meet an individual, she would just ask them about something that mattered to them uh, that they were obviously willing to share. So it could be, you know, about a, a son just about to go off to university or their pet, whatever, whatever it was, something that mattered to them. And she would write that down in her notebook and every time she then turned back up again at that um, branch, she would look and go, oh, right, okay, yes, um, Barbara, yeah, uh, Kat was going off to the vet last time and and, and John, uh, oh, yes, his son was taking his exams, right, yeah, absolutely. Now, what she did is she walked in and when she saw Barbara and she saw John, she would just ask them not just about how they were, but how their son was, how their pet was And it made such a difference, such a difference, not just them, but also in her ability to be able to remember those individuals because she started to get to know the person behind the work colleague. And we can choose to make an effort every single day to make a positive connection. Now these may just be fleeting. It may just be a smile to a stranger across a you know across the road, um, or it could be a, a small acts of kindness. Now think about this: the Barbara Fredrickson's work. Think about that multiplying feedback loop. Every time you provide a positive interaction, you get it tenfold back. And going back to that, you know, and I apologise, Chloe, for ignoring you, but but you know. Going back to that, if you're going to be with somebody and connect with them, be present because listening is really a gift. It's a gift that we can all choose to give. And one of the other ones in here is I mentioned about, you know, our ego. Um, There are obviously times that we, we need to be able to stand our ground and to be able to put across our point clearly and with clarity. But We've got to be careful when, our, when we notice our ego creeping in. You know, that time where, we are, where we're defending our position no matter what and we start to shut off um, being able to hear others or to be able to accept any other view. So we've just got to be careful when that tends to come in. You know, that's our brain in our th- in a threat state. So it's about letting go of the, of the ego uh, a bit corny, but you know, it, it works. Let go of the ego. Um, and of course, you know, what we said earlier about you know using the right channel. Think about what level of emotion is involved. And then if it's if it's factual transfer information, that's fine. Email's great for that. In fact, it's the only thing it's great for, is factual data transfer. As soon as there's any other emotion involved then we need to add in more social cues. So a phone call is still better than an email to be able to convey a message. And oh my goodness, it's so much quicker. And the last one really is thank you. Say thank you. It doesn't go without saying. See how many times you can praise a member of your team through the day, authentically, obviously, for the effort that they've done, um, they've taken, Encourage your team as well to call out what others in their team have done well, um, and and also notice how well the team are doing, even in the face of setbacks. In fact, when things get challenging, it's even more important to notice the effort that's still being undertaken, and what the elements are that are still working. I always remember an, uh, a leader of an IT function. Again, it was a big professional services firm, and he said, "It's so interesting, isn't it?" Because I serve thousands of internal clients and every day the computers work, you know, 99% of the time, everything's working, but we only ever hear from our internal clients when something goes wrong. So he said, I take time to actually praise the fact that we're keeping things going and business as usual is still ticking on and that we have these blips occasionally So so remember remember that. Um, Think about saying thank you to your clients and to your customers. It builds so much trust. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Human Leadership in your podcast app. And if you have time, leave us a review or give us a rating. If you'd like to find out more about the subjects we discussed in this episode and access all the tools... You can do so in the Little Book of Connection, part of the Human Leadership series of ebooks available through my website, theseven.org.uk. And if you'd like to get in touch with me about any of the subjects, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email using Suzanne at theseven.org.uk, and that's Suzanne with an S and not a Z.